0: Some new names and a new ranking of head coaching candidates on the day we are set to meet with Commanders General Manager Adam Peters. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. welcome in today's episode of locked on commanders your daily podcast covering the washington Commanders. part of the locked on podcast network your team every day thanks so much for making a locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day don't forget that you can subscribe for free on youtube or wherever you're getting this podcast and you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a locked on commanders insider go to join subtext.com slash locked on commanders become a lock insider and from there you'll get direct news inside information scoops exclusive content analysis opinions just one-on-one conversations with me via text message again join subtext.com locked on commanders today to sign up for that i'm david harrison credential member of the media covering the washington commanders for commander country.com a part of sports illustrated fan nation and i'm here with you every monday through friday along with our everydayers and as always everydayers greatly appreciate your continued support for the program today's show brought to you by linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com/slash-locked-on-nfl. That's linkedin.com/slash-locked-on-nfl to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode, we are going to get an updated look at the NFL playoffs. We're going to predict a winner of the whole stinking tournament. But first, we are restacking our top head coaching candidates because some new names have been added to the search, and we have a new entry at the top three as Houston Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick steps up in the rankings and rams defensive coordinator raheem morris steps down so previously our top three looked like this number one was baltimore ravens defensive coordinator mike mcdonald number two los angeles rams defensive coordinator raheem morris number three detroit lions offensive coordinator ben johnson now after one week of postseason play the baltimore ravens and mike mcdonald obviously were not in action raheem morris and the los angeles rams were unfortunately uh ousted from the playoffs had their season ended by Ben Johnson's Detroit Lions. So looking at the top three, looking at the new names that have been added to the coaching search since the last time we did this, including Bobby Slowick, but also uh, Detroit or uh, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. My new top three as of right now, Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald still sits at number one. And I know that he's not number one for everybody out there. I know he is number one for some people, but I know for the most part, my number two, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson is a lot of other people's number ones, and I completely get it. And look, watching the Detroit Lions offense multiple times this season, I've been very happy, very pleased, very impressed with what Ben Johnson has been able to do, especially when you look at quarterback Jared Goff, who many expected or thought was just basically dead in the water. He was going to go to Detroit after he was traded from the Rams and that trade that sent Matthew Stafford to Los Angeles. Basically, the, the idea was that he was going to go to Detroit. Jared Goff was. And I don't know, two years later, probably would be a backup to some young hotshot quarterback. And, and 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 his career would basically fade away into nothing. Instead, what has happened is that the Detroit Lions and coach Dan Campbell and offense coordinator Ben Johnson have helped revitalize Jared Goff's career to the point where not only is he thriving, not only is he leading a division winning uh, NFL team. And it's not like the NFC South or, you know, anything like that. This is a team that like literally went out there and took their division title. Uh, They're making waves in the playoffs and, you know, a lot of people have them favored uh, to go to the NFC championship game this season against probably the San Francisco 49ers. We'll get into that here in just a little bit, but it's been impressive. What I haven't necessarily liked just to kind of give that counterintuitive part of the conversation in Ben Johnson's offense is sometimes I feel like he's a little too switchy at the running back position. I feel like some games David Montgomery is just really kind of popping off. Some games, Jameer Gibbs is really gashing the opposing defenses for a lot of yards, and for some reason, he kind of seems fixated in this rotational uh, piece of this thing and just and just and, and insists, even when one guy is clearly having a much better uh, situation or much, better, much more production against an opponent, he just seems kind of fixated on rotating them out there sometimes to the detriment of his offense's rhythm. But obviously, the overall product has been successful, and at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for. Certainly not a huge ding or, or a massive ding, I um, mean, in some ways you can applaud him for keeping his running backs fresh and healthy and and those types of things. I'm certainly come into play uh, along with those. So Ben Johnson moves up to number two. Mike McDonald stays number one. Um You know, and look, this isn't like a one game evaluation situation. But the fact that the Baltimore Ravens didn't even play uh, in the wild card weekend doesn't I'm not going to I'm not going to boost Ben Johnson above Mike McDonald when you when he's not having uh, the opportunity to go out there and, and show his team on the field now. A lot of this, you know, X's and O's are a big part of these conversations oftentimes. But we also know the key to being a good head coach isn't just knowing football. By the time you become an NFL head coach, you clearly know football. Like You know the ins and outs. You know the X's and O's, the languages, the schemes, all that stuff. It's really about being a leader of the 11 men that are on the field at any given time. And for Ben Johnson, the best you can kind of look at is, say, how prepared was his unit? How motivated was his unit? How hard does his unit fight back when they meet adversary? How disciplined are they? When you look at the Detroit Lions offense, certainly highly disciplined, certainly highly resilient and very, very focused, uh, razor sharp focus coming into these games. Mike McDonald's defense for the Baltimore Ravens, if you watch them throughout the year, you can also say the same thing. So much so that Baltimore Ravens fans are literally campaigning on social media, trying to tell people Mike McDonald is a terrible defensive coordinator to get interest to kind of come down just a little bit. Uh, Number three on our new top three, Houston Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Sloick. And Here's the thing about Bobby Slowick, he's a first year offensive coordinator this year. Previously worked with Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco with the 49ers. So obviously, he has the Adam Peters connection there. And that's really the big thing here because Bobby Slowick, as a coordinator, as a coach, has done amazing things with quarterback CJ Stroud, does amazing amazing things in his first year as a coordinator with the Houston Texans offense. And this Houston Texans offense, you know, I kind of go back to this from time to time and I I kind of keep an eye on them because I write about them once a week for my Sports Illustrated publisher group. Uh, You know, my publisher owns a lot of the sites in the NFL, including the Houston Texans site. So I write about the Texans once a week uh, for him. So I kind of have to keep an eye on them, just kind of know what's going on. So I know kind of what I'm talking about when I write about them and this team last year looking at them last year with davis mills as a quarterback lovey smith staff all that stuff you kind of could kind of tell there there were decent bones there right i was all i've always kind of been high on nico collins since he came out of michigan the offensive line wasn't terrible uh certainly needed some improvement laramie tonsil anchoring that group needed a tight end they went out and got him and dalton schultz running backs i actually felt with damian pierce last year was going to be really good this year he's had you know some injury issues but also some consistency issues Uh, But Devin Singletary has really stepped up in his place to give the Houston Texans that weapon. And that's something, again, you kind of hat tip to Bobby Slogue for being able to get that kind of production out of a guy in Devin Singletary that a lot of people have kind of cast off and really kind of forgotten about. So in one year time span, very, very impressive. I typically don't like going after one year coordinators and making them head coaches because as hard as it is to succeed in the National Football League, it's even harder to continuously succeed in the National Football League. So I would like to get one more year. Let's see Bobby Sloak as an offensive coordinator and a play caller when teams see him coming. This year, kind of didn't see him coming. Let's see what happens when they see him coming. Let's see what happens when they see C.J. Stroud and they've got 16 plus games to scout on him and to review film. That's what I would really like. But I put him third on this list because here's the thing. If he has a real shot of getting the head coaching job in Washington, it's because Adam Peters is going to vouch for who he is as a leader of men and he knows Bobby Sloak for much more than one year so if he's on board with it I have no I have no reason not to be on board with this so Bobby Sloak enters our top three our new full rankings of all the coaches that we have concern confirmed or real information uh, are being looked at by the Washington Commanders number one again Mike McDonald number two Ben Johnson number three Bobby Sloak. so two offensive coaches one defensive coaches to me that doesn't really matter as much but I know some people have that very high on their priority list number four Rams defense coordinator Raheem Morris. Number five, commanders offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, who I do believe is going to get an interview with Adam Peters. You know, I don't know when that's going to come. It hasn't been confirmed, but I just have enough of a feeling about that that I'm willing to put him on the list right now. Number six, Detroit Lions defense coordinator Aaron Glenn. Number seven, Dallas Cowboys defense coordinator Dan Quinn. Number eight, Baltimore Ravens assistant head coach, defensive line coach Anthony Weaver. Uh, haven't yet heard anything actually concrete on Michigan coach Sean Harbaugh being a real firm candidate. So I'm not putting him on the list until we get some confirmation on that. Uh, And again, I'm assuming EB is going to get that internal uh, interview. Now, McDonald and Weaver are the only two that have conducted interviews, both of them virtual. uh, From my understanding, Dan Quinn is scheduled to meet with the Washington Commanders on Thursday. I've actually seen conflicting reports um, on whether it's virtual or in person. I'm not 100% certain, but the bottom line is he's going to interview with the team on thursday important to note the teams that are still in the playoff hunt cannot do in-person interviews uh until after the divisional round so don't sweat too much that dan quinn is the first you know coach getting kind of a full-blown interview while these other coaches are still uh competing in the playoffs so that is our coach rundown our coach updated list our updated rankings but what is the impact of our top three candidates potentially on this washington commanders roster That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast. Network your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of every new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. And that is why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. But LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place for you to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That is why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows, that small businesses are wearing so many hats that you may not have maximum time and resources to make your hire. So thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, it's quick, and it's easy. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Commander. thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, your first view today and every day, every dares. Come back tomorrow, we're going to go over Adam Peters' introductory press conference that I will be leaving to attend here shortly after I get this episode recorded and laid down for you. Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On. Plus, our national shows covering every single league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, we're going to take our three top coaching candidates. Again, Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, and Houston Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. And we're going to really kind of dive into what systems these guys are coming from. Now, every time a new coach is hired, and we talk to coaches every year about this, whenever they get ready to play a coach, uh who's newly hired to their team they all what do they always say they always say well we go back to where they came from we watch that tape we look for those tendencies and all that stuff it's not a perfect you know carbon copy you can't necessarily guarantee a defensive coordinator from one place is going to come to a new place be the head coach and run it the exact same way but the, the traditional thought process right is dance with the devil they got you there so if you've had success doing xyz you're probably going to do that as a head coach as well, so let's look at some of the trends and tendencies, and look at where maybe the Washington Commanders roster, as we know it today, could see uh, or could could need some some facelifts, right? To to make these things kind of work. And starting off with our number one candidate, Baltimore Ravens defense coordinator Mike McDonald, compared to Washington in Baltimore this season, the Baltimore Ravens primarily ran out of a three-three-five defensive personnel grouping. That's three down linemen. That's three linebackers. It's five defensive backs. They use that look. 48% of the time. Washington Commanders, meanwhile, used a four-two-five, so four down linemen, two linebackers, five def- defense, defensive backs, 49% of the time. So that is a stark difference. So basically, you're talking about shifting from an even front defense, four down linemen, to an odd front defense, three down linemen. Um, and typically, traditionally, Uh, for all you Madden heads three down linemen typically means four linebackers but in today's NFL the slot defender is by and large considered a starter so you got your two perimeter corners or two safeties your slot defender that's five defensive backs required to be on the field for the most part leaving you three linebackers two outside linebackers and an off-ball linebacker typically in the middle of the field now again they don't always align you know traditional boundaries and all those things there will be shifts there will be rotations and all these things But traditionally, that's what you're going to get out of the Baltimore Ravens defense under Mike McDonald. And that makes a guy like me very happy, which kind of explains to you why he's probably my number one candidate, because that's the exact kind of defense I like to see uh, defenses running. It gives you a little bit more flexibility. It gives you more opportunity to confuse the quarterback and and all those things. Um, Baltimore Ravens also come out with a light box. Fifty seven percent of the time Washington does so. Fifty six percent of the time. So don't expect to see. A whole lot of heavy stacked boxes if mike mcdonald becomes the head coach compared to what you're used to saying what you might be seeing differently on the field however is the usage of two high shell coverage um and it's it's amazing to me and we talk about this every dares. uh you'll remember throughout the season for a team that gave up so many explosive passes in the secondary why you just constantly leave one single high safety out there um but you're not even bringing blitzes like that was to me that's the insanity is that this team didn't blitz all that much yeah, you're still leaving single high safeties and typically blitzing and single high safety coverage go hand in hand because you only have one dude back there to cover the deep portion of the entire sink and field. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens use two high shells 67 percent of the time. The Washington Commanders did it 59 percent of the time. Uh, quite a big difference there in the usage there. Zone coverage in Baltimore is used 60 percent of the time. Washington used it fifty four percent of the time. That's good because if you come in here, you got Benjamin St. Juice, who's much more of a zone corner. Kendall Fuller, if he returns, zone corner. Emmanuel Forbes, uh, more of a zone type corner guy. Um, although the intelligence level is, you know, has to has to certainly come up a little bit if he's going to be successful um, at all in that look. Middle of the field covered or uh, closed rather for the Baltimore Ravens defense, forty four percent of the time. Closed for the Washington Commanders, forty percent of the time. Um, So fairly even there. four man rushes were used by the Baltimore Ravens, 48 or 78 percent of the time used by Washington, 73 percent of the time. But again, you go back to that initial alignment, four man rushes with three down linemen means that fourth rusher could be coming from anywhere. Four down linemen, uh, four man rushes with four down linemen typically means it's coming from right up front. Makes it much easier for the offense to be able to counter Uh, current roster deficiencies. Obviously, there's a linebacker deficiency here. Uh, With the Washington Commanders' current roster, even if Jamin Davis is improving, even if he gets better in his what I expect to be the final year of his rookie deal after his fifth-year option has declined, um, you still need at least two other guys to come in and make this thing sing, Uh, and especially your stand-up rush linebackers, your outside linebackers. I actually think KJ Henry could be a really good stand-up rush linebacker if that's what they convert him to, Uh, Andre Jones Jr. potentially as well, and then DBs. We saw the secondary get burned a lot this season um so they're going to need to improve the dbs but that really isn't as scheme dependent as it is just a fact of life right now for the washington commanders number two detroit lions offensive coordinator ben johnson uh looking at the the personal usage between the lions and the commanders this year uh 11 personnel is the most popular formation most popular personnel grouping in the nfl for a reason the detroit lions use it 64 percent of the time but washington uses it 72 percent of the time so even though it's the most popular for both teams the usage of it certainly leans more one, one team than the other. 12 personnel was the second most used personnel grouping for the Detroit Lions this, this year. 24% of the time they were in that formation. The commanders only use that 19% of the time. And I know every day, as you remember, uh, we were pulling our hair out wondering why there's not more help on the offensive line, more tight ends, especially when the offensive line was struggling as much as they were. Something that's really interesting to me Ben Johnson's Lions were only in shotgun 56% of the time this season. That's 30th in the National Football League. The Washington Commanders were in shotgun 81% of the time. And without getting too deep right now into the differences between shotgun and under center, shotgun really puts way more pressure on your wide receivers and more pressure on your offensive line because there's less of an impact on play action. Play action passes just aren't as impactful uh, when you're doing it from shotgun. And your wide receivers have to get out because again, defenders are they don't have to they don't have to bite as hard on those play actions, making your wide receivers responsible for getting open way more than if you're doing it under center. So that's kind of a rudimentary reason why it's different and also very interesting. Uh they you both use short drops relatively the same amount, both had designed rollouts relatively the same amount. Uh Detroit used zone runs 58% of the time. The commanders used it 71% of the time. So quite a difference there. Detroit's gap runs were used 42% of the time. Uh, and the Washington Commerce 28% of the time. That difference in zone and gap run percentages from Detroit also kind of explains why they go David Montgomery to Jameer Gibbs. David Montgomery, more of a gap run type guy. Jameer Gibbs, better at the zone running. Uh, Currently, tight ends, offensive line, obviously have to be the the main priority outside of the quarterback position alone to execute what Ben Johnson likes to do with the Detroit Lions. Looking at Bobby Slowick, um, same thing. You see less 11 personnel, even though it is the most popular formation or personnel grouping, In Houston, it's still less than Washington. Houston used it 59% of the time. Again, Washington 72% of the time. Houston's second most used personnel grouping, 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end. How many times every day have you heard me screaming for Washington to use two running backs? The Houston Texans did it 24% of the time. The commanders less than 9%. Uh, Once again, The Houston Texans under center a lot more than Washington using shotgun 60% of the time while the commanders did 81% of the time, everything else fairly similar, including their run attacks, zone runs 67% of the time from Houston, 71% from Washington gap runs 30% of the time from Houston, 28% from Washington. So similar run usage as far as gap versus zone uh, runs by Bobby Slokes offense. So that's kind of a deep dive into well not a deep dive but a deeper dive than we've done so far on our top coaching candidates as we get hotter as we get more involved and kind of see who these guys are looking at even deeper we'll get even more into the weeds on these coaching candidates but up next the nfl playoffs are heading deeper they're heading into the divisional round we'll recap the wild card round action look at the divisional round make our predictions coming up next on today's episode of locked on commanders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapped up. The wild card round is in the books, but there's still time for you to get in and on the action and on the winning with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place any $5 bets. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So, unlike the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions, you don't have to win. To make some money in this situation, the Buccaneers are six-point road underdogs against the Detroit Lions in the wild card round. After beating the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday in the wild card, in the divisional round for the Buccaneers and Lions, after beating the Eagles in the wild card round, and the Buffalo Bills, also winners on Monday in the in the wild card round, are two and a half point underdogs at home against Kansas City Chiefs. In the divisional round, make a bet on either of those games, win or lose, you win $150 as long as that is a $5 bet. The app is incredibly easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. My favorite, I make my own parlays and I go crazy. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, make your first bet a layup your way. Get $150 on your first $5 bet for new customers. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. This episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical, who wants you to be as prepared as you can possibly be for just about anything that comes your way, thanks to the Jace case I know we come to sports to escape the stresses and the worries of real life but sometimes we still need to address those things and that is what Jace Medical has done with the Jace case because they provide you five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses including UTIs respiratory infections sinusitis skin infections among many others because it's stuff that could happen to any of us at any time and you don't want to be snowed in you don't want to deal with shortages you don't want to deal with supply chain issues when you need your antibiotics. So get your Jace case, visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter, it'll be reviewed by a board certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed to you by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than it is today. So go to jacemedical.com, use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Up to today's episode of Locked On Commanders, looking at the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. The wild card round is in the books. We'll look at the results from the wild card round into the divisional round, make some predictions, uh, some choices. Starting off with the Houston Texans, who won their wild card round matchup against the Cleveland Browns. They will now travel to Baltimore to take on the ASC number one seed, Baltimore Ravens. I may or may not be at that game, so waiting confirmation. Seats are limited, and a lot of people want them during the playoffs. So we'll see uh, if I get my credentials or not. And uh, that's up to the Baltimore Ravens. So may or may not be at M&T Bank for that game. But the Baltimore Ravens are favored by eight and a half points right now. I think that the Baltimore Ravens come out with this win. But if I'm betting spread, I'm actually going to take the Houston Texans to keep it closer than the eight and a half points in that matchup happening Saturday afternoon, 430 p.m. Eastern time. Meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers, who just got done upsetting the Dallas Cowboys. I know that makes a lot of you out there very happy. Makes a lot of social media people very happy are traveling to San Francisco to take on Adam Peters, former team, Bobby Sloaks former team, the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are favored by nine and a half points. I like the Green Bay Packers, but I do think the Niners come away with a 10 or more point win. I'm saying they got too much on defense, too much on offense for the Green Bay Packers to keep up with right now, but certainly a team. That is on the rise. That game happening Saturday night at 8 15 PM Eastern Time. Then we move into Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeating the Philadelphia Eagles at home in the wild card round. They're headed to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions, Ben Johnson and the Detroit Lions. I also may be on hand for that game. So one or two or no uh playoff games for me this weekend, just depending on seat availability and credentialing processes. So Uh, You know, could be a lot of travel, could be not so much travel. We'll see what happens this weekend. I'll keep you all up to date uh, as we go through it. But the Detroit Lions are favored by six points. I'm actually going to take the Detroit Lions to win this game, but I do think the Buccaneers keep it close. I think it's probably a field goal or so uh, game. That that six-point line is a very good line. That's a very smart line, but I am going to take the Buccaneers plus six while I have that. Uh, Finally, that game, sorry, happens Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, for everybody out there, Kansas City Chiefs uh, are at home. They, they're at home or on the road against the Buffalo Bills, who just got done beating the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Miami Dolphins. Just trying to get everything straight here. The Buffalo Bills are two and a half point favorites. Um, you know what? Look, neither of these teams, the Chiefs or Bills, had the the season they thought they would uh, this year. But I am going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I just, I just, I just have this feeling. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey is going to be motivated by his brother's retirement as well. Basically, it's it's one Kelsey standing, you know what I mean, type of thing. The cold weather is not going to bother either of these teams. I got the Chiefs coming into Buffalo, getting the upset, so certainly taking that. So, uh, again, I've got three, uh, three home winners, the Ravens, the Niners, the Lions, but I do have uh, the Kansas City Chiefs going on the road and defeating the Buffalo Bills. That means we would have a Chiefs and Ravens AFC Championship game. We would have a Niners and Lions NFC Championship game. And that would be very entertaining for all football fans to watch. So we will continue to monitor that as the weekend comes. And we will talk about that again next week once the playoffs uh, have commenced. Again, that's going to do it for today. Come come back tomorrow. I'll have uh, some footage, some comments from Adam Peters. We'll dissect a little bit, overreact to some of the things that he said. Overanalyze reading between the lines. It's always a good time. Doing that. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments? Throw them down in the YouTube comment section. Text me directly by becoming a Lock Insider at joinsubtext.com/slash locked on commanders insiders. You already know, but I'm going to be texting you during Adam Peters' uh, press conference. So look out for those texts as they come during every press conference. If you want to get those directly from me, locked or joinsubtext.com/slash locked on commanders is where to go to get in on that fun. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Commanders your first listen of the day every day, every day, or thank you for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Thanks so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.